Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Losses Above Replacement, the greatest baseball podcast to grace your ears. I'm today's host, Matthias Altman Kurosaki, and with me, as always, we have my amazing co-hosts, Alex Clark and Ryan Splash Potts. Gentlemen, first things first, as we start every episode, how are we doing on this fine Monday evening? Uh, we're doing pretty good over here in Pacific Northwest. The weather's been pretty nice. I got to actually go play flag football for the first time in a while on Friday and got to go uh, play golf on Saturday. So now I'm just trying to make it through the week as I get to go have a nice little trip down to San Francisco next. We need to go watch the Mariners play the Giants and the White Sox play the A's. Get to knock two ballparks off my bucket list. I definitely want to hit Oracle Park, I'll tell you that much. Oh, I got to see the outside of it one time on another trip, but I didn't get to go inside because it was during the winter time. The Oracle Park, I've heard, has great food. I I know it's like Seattle is always like the pinnacle of baseball food. I'm sure Alex can testify to that. I, I can and will testify to that. <laughs> all right. Uh, sounds like a plan when I'm up there. Uh, but, you know, I'm doing all right. Um, been a long week. Uh, but I am glad uh, Friday night I'm going to go see Indiana Jones 5. So uh, I've ignored all the reviews. Apparently it's not very good, but I don't care. I want to watch some Indiana Jones, some Harrison Ford. Um, hopefully it's a good movie. I'm going with my cousin later in the week. So I'm excited uh, for something not sports related for once. Yeah, I will say uh, Major League Baseball has been doing a lot of Indiana Jones themed giveaways. Uh I know I'm kind of you probably think like, what are you doing to yourself? I'm going to the Mets game tomorrow and they are giving away a Mr. Met as Indiana Jones bobblehead. And that's part of the re- probably the main reason I'm going to this game. That, that's uh, fair. <laughs> not only that, my one of my friends is going away uh, to northern Europe for a couple of weeks and wants to go to a game before he goes. So uh, that yeah, so that's that's what's coming up for me this week. Uh, definitely nothing else going on. Uh, but. Yeah, I'm just I'm just kind of chilling. I went to the Yankee game actually yesterday. That is Sunday. Uh, I'm not a Yankee fan, obviously, but hey, you bribe me with baseball, uh, I will go to any game uh, provided. So uh, I, I went. It was a pretty pretty fun time. Uh, they came back and beat the Rangers five to three. So yeah, that that's how my weekend went. <laughs> I'll say so, I'll say also on top of the Mares are also doing an Indiana Jones giveaway bubblehead. They're doing a Logan Gilbert uh, Indiana Jones crossover, and I think that's kind of actually awesome, not going to lie. I don't totally think the, random, but awesome. I don't think the Braves have one, but uh, Braves legend Jock Peterson has one with the Giants that it's uh, the scene from Raiders that Indy is running out of the running out of the tunnel with the, the boulder chasing him. It's pretty good, and Mr. Pearls does a solid Indiana Jones impression. Yeah, I, I'm definitely curious to see what this Mr. Met one looks like. I will say today they gave away Starling Marte Black Panther bobbleheads, which is, uh, it looked pretty sick. <laughs> I, I almost wish I went to that instead. But anyways, uh, let's let's get into today's program enough of that. Uh, so yesterday, that is Sunday, Freddie Freeman joined the 2000 hit club. He doubled in the right center field for the milestone knock. And this brings me to something that I've been wondering uh, because there are three players, all who currently play first base in the majors, who have very, very similar stat lines. That is Freddie Freeman, Paul Goldschmidt, and Joey Votto. And the question I, I've had about these three guys is, are they Cooperstown worthy? Who is? Is it just one of them? Is it all of them? Is it two of them? 
So, guys, when you look at the careers of these three players, like I said, very, very similar stats. What do we make of these three? Who's the best? Who's the worst? It, it's hard to say who's the worst because they're all really good. Are they Cooperstown worthy? What do you guys think? So it's a really odd conversation, I think. And it's a very hard one to have because I, with all three of these guys, with, you know, Freddie Freeman, with Paul Goldschmidt, Joey Votto, we love all of them. Like, I don't think there's a, there's very few fans of baseball that don't like these three players for, for any reason at this point, besides, you know, team allegiance. Like, they're all good people. They're all good people that hit baseball real good and feel baseball pretty darn good as well. All three of them bring something to the table, but then you start to look a little bit more at the stats and you're starting to figure out, is it worth it? Like, is it, are they eligible? Are they, should they be considered for the Hall of Fame? And I don't know. I really don't. The first thing I took a look at were their career wars. And I understand this could be a little bit different for some of them considering how many years they've been playing in baseball. Let's take a look, quick look at the numbers. For Freddie Freeman, Right now, he has a career of 52.4 war over 14 years. That's very, very solid. That's very, very solid. But honestly, I thought that was a little bit low. I thought it was going to be a little bit higher than that. But according to base, all the way, by the way, these are all baseball reference war to clarify as well. Then for Joey Votto, again, he just came back and then hit a mammoth home run. Good for him again. 64.8 war for him, but that's over 17 years. Of almost a two decade long career, just that alone is worth something. And then you got to look at what Mr. Paul Goldschmidt. Again, all three of these, I believe, have won MVP at some point in their career. And now for for Goldschmidt, he is a sixty point seven WAR with over a thirteen year career. So just by looking at how much WAR is accumulated per year, that means that Goldschmidt is the best of them. But I want to bring up something else as well. Um, through BaseballReference.com as well, I was looking at career wars just in general of all players, right? And if you put any of them into the like into the rankings, on only one of them is in the top two hundred. Only one of them, and I mean, you guessed just because of the longevity that would be one Joey Votto. With him being the only one at above sixty war, it's, sixty is about the threshold for in top two hundred. Do I think that all of them are have potential? Yeah, but honestly, at this point right now, only one is really jumping out to me, and that's Goldschmidt. Like Goldie at this point right now, as much as I want all three to get in, because I think all three of them honestly deserve it. Say that you're in the top two hundred in war starts to lose a little bit of meaning when you're trying to be in the Hall of Fame level. I think that they all deserve it, but right now, Votto, at the highs at 64 war, he's getting to the near end of his career. This year, so far, right now, only .3 baseball reference war. And I know war isn't the only stat at all. Isn't the only stat, but it does feel a little bit almost lacking in a way. And for Freeman, I thought that his war was going to be a lot higher depending on what his, uh, just for how long he's played. So don't get me wrong. F anything about 50 War is fantastic. Good job. You've put yourself a hell of a career. But right now, if I have to choose only one, it's Goldschmidt. Uh, I was honestly not expecting you to come to that conclusion. Um, I think the last few years, 
it's kind of been a not a three horse race, but Vado has been more of the sure thing. Like he has the the pedigree, the uh, lots of elite elite seasons, and Freeman and Goldschmidt are beginning to catch up to that as Vado is you know aged right. So Freeman, like his Dodgers tenure is. I think he's been the best first baseman in baseball the last year and a half. And that's accounting for Goldschmidt winning the MVP last year, right? Freeman's been that good. He's been, you know, at times this year, the best hitter in the National League. Right now, it's not the case. Arise is hitting 400. Acuna has been Acuna. Corbin Carroll has been great. But Freeman's right up there. He's a potentially an MVP guy this year, while Goldschmidt's having another good season. And I think if all three of them, retired tomorrow i think vado is the best shot and i think gold goldie and freeman are you know potential guys aren't going to get in on the first ballot i think vado is a pretty reasonable guy to get in early like a vlad guerrero type first second third ballot while freeman and goldschmidt would be more on that todd helton line um of might take a few years you need to you know uncover the numbers and even looking at baseball reference war I think it does kind of undersell how good Freddie was defensively for a long time. And now, you know, with the Dodgers, he's just going crazy with the war. I think he like either led baseball last year or was second to Goldschmidt last year in war. It's just remarkable. Seven, another was seven more season. It felt like, uh, but Freeman does kind of get hosed because his best season came in the COVID year. So, and you can't extrapolate that out. You can't say, oh, he would have been worth five extra war had he played the season. Well, he'd never played the season better or worse, right? So one stat that jumped out to me was wins above average. So Vado leads the way at 38.7 among first basemen. That's 10th. The guys ahead of him are Hall of Famer, Albert Pujols, Hall of Famer, 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 Hall of Famer. Great. Votto's 10, Goldschmidt's 11, Hall of Famer 12, McGuire 13, Hall of Famer 14, Hall of Famer 15, Helton 16, Keith Hernandez 17, Hall of Famer, Palmero, Will Clark, the eternally underrated Will Clark at 20, Freddie Freeman 21. Notice Miguel Cabrera is not in that list. He's 23rd. So I think there's a reasonable argument all three get in. I think Votto has the best shot right now. I think Freeman has the best next few years ahead of him. He's in a great situation with the Dodgers. You're going to probably add more team success. You're going to add more, you know, postseason stuff. You know, he has a a solid resume in the postseason. He has the clutch homer off Josh Hader. You know, he has homers in the World Series. He has homers in the NLCS. While Goldschmidt is kind of lacking in the postseason, you know, stuff. Also, Vado is lacking in the postseason stuff. But I think it's probably Vado one. Goldschmidt, Freeman are essentially tied for two, but I think Freeman has a better trajectory moving forward. One thing I do want to like just bring up really quickly here is that um, my argument is not based off who would retire tomorrow. My uh, my argument is based on when they are all said and done. Because at that point, like if they are all to retire tomorrow, I had to pick one. Obviously, it'd be Votto. He has the longer pedigree and he has the higher war of all three of them. Not even close. So, like, I definitely get what you're saying on that. And I think, honestly, like I said, all three of them are extremely deserving, given what they've done for baseball over their careers. Um, And if they were all to just announce their joint retirement tomorrow, I'll say a la Cardinal style, then I then, yeah, Vado is obviously the, the pick there. 
So here's another uh, question. I'll, I'll, I'll get to my thoughts on this too, but uh, the one thing that Freddie Freeman has over both of both Goldschmidt and Votto is that he has a World Series ring. And that's why I think I've seen more people lobby for Freeman to get in the Hall of Fame more so than a guy like Goldschmidt. I think Votto's been, they've been having that conversation for a while now. Uh, how much does the ring value into your guys' argument on whether Freeman should get in or not? None at all. Okay. Absolutely there. nothing. There is no, there's no bit to it. Because here's my thing. Baseball is a team sport. It is a team where you are a one of 26, 27 men. You are not up to the bat every single time. Unlike we're like a quarterback, it can make a little more sense in the NFL because you hold the ball on every single play. In baseball, you are on the, on the, de- you're playing defense. Yeah. All the time. Unless your name is, uh, you know, the greatest DH of all time, Edgar Martinez, but um, suck it uh, as I suck at Red Sox fans. But um, I think at this point right now, baseball is more of a team game that you can't just rely on one guy. I think the Angels have proved that for the last checks notes decade plus with Mike Trout. The fact that they've been to the playoffs one time with a guy that we all kind of just agree is one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Like you can't do it with one guy. And if you if anyone wants to say that a World Series ring is what puts someone over another player. Then just remember that Jordan Montgomery, relief pitcher, has a World Series ring, and Ken Griffey Jr., one of the greatest outfielders and hitters of all time, does not. Are you referring to Mike Montgomery? The sorry, guy yes, who... Mike. Yeah, sorry, yeah, Mike Montgomery. Yes. My bad. Mike, Mike Montgomery. Montgomery uh, his only career save ever was in Game Seven of the World Game Series. Game Seven of the 2016 World Series. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, uh, I, I Jordan Montgomery is much more recent on my mind for other yeah. reasons. Uh, Spl- Splash, you're the, you're the Braves guy here, so you watched Freeman forever. I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, <laughs> yeah, the okay, <clears throat> the ring itself is not like zero rings versus one ring is not the discussion to me. It's the playoff performance versus lack of playoff performance across eleven series over seven seasons. Freddie has a nine forty seven OPS. That's better than what he does in the regular season. Um, in the World Series, 996 OPS. In the two NLCSs, he went to 1100 OPS. Uh, <clears throat> in his last five playoff series, his OPS is start with a 1.1, a 1.0, 1.0, a 99, a 1.2. He is one of the, he's a historically relevant playoff performer. Goldschmidt is not. Part of that is Goldschmidt has not, has not had the opportunity, being in Arizona, being in St. Louis. Fine. I'll give you that one. But Freeman, when it mattered, showed up. When it mattered, hit two home runs in the 2020 NLCS. Hit a home run against the Brewers, the only lefty-lefty home run hater allowed all season. Two home runs against the Dodgers in 21. Two home runs in the World Series against Houston, drove in five runs. Homer in the Padres series last year, you know, he had a 500 on base percentage against the Padres. Not his fault they lost. Certainly not his fault they lost. So, it's not the ring that sets him apart to me. It's that he has been a historically relevant playoff performer. It's kind of like the John Smoltz thing, like or uh, the Smoltz, Glavin, whatever. They only won one ring, but you have this catalog of historic moments. It's the Andy Pettit thing. You have this, this catalog of moments 
they were involved in and it wasn't they weren't getting they weren't getting carried to rings they were the one carrying them the other people around them and i think freddie freddie did that so that's his ring is quote unquote more worthy than some other rings right yeah i i get i get that entirely one thing I, I do mean, want to say yeah. really quickly, I want to apologize real quick to Red Sox fans. I just heard a lot of people say that, that Dave Ortiz is the best DH. I'm really tired of hearing that. So my apologies. I'm sorry I said suck it to the Boston Red Sox fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I know Red Sox fans are uh, hard, hardcore believers that David Ortiz is the best DH ever. So I... Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, it's actually Daniel Vogelbach. Player. We can all agree there. Actually, yeah, it's Daniel Vogelbach. The yeah. GOAT! Uh, anyways, uh, you know, it's interesting you mentioned uh, the postseason track record because Goldschmidt actually has a career 909 OPS in the playoffs. It's just, you know, last year he kind of went cold at the wrong time, went 0 for 7 against the Phillies. So, it, you know, he's had some great playoff series, but he also went 1 for 16 in the NLCS against the Nationals in 2019. One for eleven against the uh, against the Dodgers in 2017 in the NLDS. So he's had his rough moments, but he also does have eight career postseason home runs in 23 games. Uh, it's actually, I mean, Votto being on the Reds, who they did make the playoffs three times in a four-year stretch at one point, but he has a very, very limited uh, sample to show from from the playoffs, but. When looking at these three guys, another name that sort of popped into my head is a guy uh, who played back in the 2000s, and that's Lance Berkman. Uh, Lance Berkman, I mean, it, you go by OPS Plus, Votto is a 145, Freeman is a 141, and Goldschmidt is a 144. Lance Berkman, a nine. 943 career OPS, also a 144 OPS plus. The thing is, Berkman fell off the Hall of Fame ballot after one year, which I thought was an incredible disservice. This is a guy with a career uh, career 943 OPS, like I mentioned, 366 career homers and 422 career doubles. Uh, he Sure, his career war was only 52, which is lower than all three of these guys. But yeah, it's just... When you think about how Lance Berkman fell off the ballot, you're like, you know, how in the world do these guys have it? Well, that's the thing is Berkman also played a lot of outfield. wasn't a great defender out there. Well, all three of these guys are rated as above average defensive first baseman. Right now, as of this moment, Votto probably has the strongest case. But I've also seen plenty of people say that he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. And I'll say this, though. His war seven, so his peak seven years uh equate to a 46.9 war seven that is actually higher than Votto I'm sorry than Goldschmidt and Freeman but if we're going by like rate like per 162 Goldschmidt is easily the best player so when I look at it I feel like all three of these guys have a case to make it into the hall of fame I think Freeman I mean I watched him as a division rival for years I still respected the heck out of the way he played the game I think Goldschmidt has been underrated. I, I mean, if you told me a couple of years ago that you, I'd, you'd consider Paul Goldschmidt to be a Hall of Famer, I would have thought you were crazy because I thought he was on the downswing. Look, he won, won MVP. He's over 60 war now. He's firmly in the conversation. I think Freeman has a bit longer to go because he has a longer contract going right now. So 
Well, it's all said and done. I think all three of these guys should get into the Hall of Fame. Will all three of them get in, though? Remains to be seen. Uh, Splash, you have your hand raised, so let's hear what you got. Yeah. Um, One thing that I think might end up being a difference on some voters' ballots, if you're gauging these three, is the MVPs, right? And we need to remember... 2017, there's an argument Joey Votto got like straight up robbed of winning the MVP. It was as close as the MVP has ever been without it tying were the, the 1979 NL season. Giancarlo Stanton, 302 votes. Joey Votto, 300 votes. I believe Votto had more first place votes. Something something screwy there. But Votto led the National League in on-base percentage seven times, led the league in walks five times, led the league in slugging in 2010, led the league in OPS twice, led the league in OPS plus Oddly enough, neither of those seasons. And it's just every year is a high MVP place finish, right? He is one first, one second, one third, a couple sixes, a seventh. And I think that sort of thing, like if he wins 2017 MVP, and there's a reasonable argument that he should have won that, there's not another, there's certainly not another Freddie season that he's the MVP of the league. Goldschmidt, uh, there was another year, uh, when he was in Arizona, that he was probably the best hitter, probably deserving of winning the MVP, but didn't for a variety of reasons. But I think Votto has that second MVP season, but doesn't didn't win the MVP, it went to Stanton. So that's one thing that I think people might overlook because he didn't win the MVP. Stanton hit 59 home runs. Votto doesn't have control over that. I will say consistency is definitely a thing, I'd say, across all three of these players, you know, Freeman over the last decade. So over the last 10 seasons, his lowest OPS is 841, but his highest OP- OPS over a full season is 989. So, I mean, and I'm not including the COVID season because that was only 60 games. Although granted looking at his stats, that was the year he won MVP. He probably would have put up over a thousand OPS, I think. Uh, he, but he's been consistently just great. I think, you know, he's always been well above average. And then Votto, I mean, every year he's healthy. It feels like he's a 900 OPS guy or better and always around 400 non-base percentage. And then, you know, Goldschmidt, too, he's always been consistent with his power. And he's never had a season with an OPS below 800. And that goes back to his debut year. So the lowest, if if we're counting that brief audition he had in 2011, the lowest he's had is an 808. So all three of these guys were have been super consistent across their careers. So... Anyways, any other thoughts on on the, this debate before we move on? Yeah, Carlos Delgado well, should be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, I yeah, agree. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, 100%. Um, one thing I do want to kind of bring up, though, is it's not anything that's really too important, in my opinion, but it's probably what it wanted to be at least noted. Uh, talking about OPS Plus with all three of these guys, one thing that's incredible, in my opinion, to mention is that all three of them have had no less, it's like no more than two seasons of their entire careers that they have had an OPS plus of less than 100. That's over an entire career that has spanned well over a decade for each one of them. The only exceptions, mind you, were for, um, excuse me, first one being Freddie Freeman was his rookie year, which doesn't count, honestly, but whatever. He had OPS plus of 32. Now, you go take a look at Joey Votto. Joey Votto, over the course of his 17-year career, had himself an OPS plus of under 
of under 100 twice. And those were recent, really recent, 2019 and 2022. But there were injuries. There were other uh, factors, aging, all that fun stuff. He also has had multiple seasons of having an OPS plus of over 170. That is stupidly good. That means he is 1.7 times the average player at that point. Then, on top of it, now let's go to the last one here of Goldschmidt, where you take a look at what he's done over the course of his 13 career, 13 year career. Never once was he below 100 OPS plus. Even in his rookie year, 117 OPS plus. The lowest he has ever had in the course of his career was in 2019, where he had an OPS plus of 115. And people thought he was on the downswing because of that. And then what did he do the next year? What did he do? In the COVID season of 2020, he got 145 OPS+. Plus. And then they people would say, oh, you know, it's the COVID season. It doesn't matter. Well, then 2021, boom, OPS plus of 141. And then they're saying, okay, well, now what, what what's going to happen here with this guy? Uh, well, it's only, he's only going to put up an OPS plus of 177. Like, this guy is absolutely incredible. And if he continues on this level of this level of play, I think it's not, even for like a couple more years, I think it would be asinine to even remotely think that he's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and, um, you know, I'll, I'll say this also is that, you know, if we're look, looking at Freeman once more, you know, I'm going to ignore that 20-game 24 plate appearance sample from his first cup of coffee for a second. So from 2011 to 2023, if we include the 2020 season, his highest OPS plus is 187 and it's never dipped below 113. So he's just consistently been good to great. Uh, He's never, so uh, I'd say, uh, you know, you throw him in the conversation with Goldschmidt of not having a below average season in his career. Uh, because really, like I said, 24 play appearances, I'm not going to really consider that as part of his his sample. Uh, so, yeah, they, all three of these guys have been fantastic, really. Uh, and I, they, I've they i always looked at these guys as three of the best first basemen in baseball. And, yes, Votto is 39 now, uh, entering the final uh, – in the final year of his contract with the Reds. But, you know, I think he's nearing the end of the line – uh, while the other guys have a few more years, I mean, Freeman is 33 right now. Goldschmidt is 35. I think both these guys have a few more years left. Votto, maybe one year, I'd say. And I think all three of them should be in, uh, should be in Cooperstown. Uh, so that's our discussion on those three players. Let us know what you think at LAR underscore baseball on Twitter. Do you think Freddie Freeman, Paul Goldschmidt, and Joey Votto are Hall of Famers? Do you think all three of them are? Do you think just one of them? Do you think none of them are? Let us know. Uh, feel free to discuss, discuss, at least discuss respectfully, that is. Please don't go after others for having differing opinions. Uh, so, anyways, we're going to move on. We're going to do some three words only. Uh, we have a couple of topics to discuss. And the first one is a team that I think deserves a little more attention for the way they've been playing. That is the San Francisco Giants. They've won 12 of their last 14 games, catapulted themselves into second place in the NLS West. So guys, give me your three word reactions to the way the San Francisco Giants have been playing lately. 
not 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 all at once. I mean, it's uh, I will say they they they've been that surprising. <laughs> it, it, it honestly is surprising. Like I'm still trying to my notes went down, so I was trying not to like hey, because I'm almost go first. I'm trying to get my all notes right. back up. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Thank you. All right, my three words are band of misfits. Yay! Uh, this is a fun team. They get like production from everywhere, but simultaneously nowhere. Lamont Wade is having a nice season. He's in our silver sluggers right now. Tyro Estrada has been a good hitter and one of the best fielders in the league. JD Davis has had an argument of being an all-star third baseman. Uh, Michael Conforto is having a nice season. Jock Peterson is a 140 OPS plus. Camilo Dovalter is approximately 17 million miles per hour out of the bullpen. Logan Webb has been, you know, on the cusp of our Cy Young rankings every week. Alex Cobb was in there for a while. He's on the 15 day IL right now, though. Um, and it's just a fun team. Tyler Rogers is good. John Brebby has been good. Taylor Rogers has been good. And it's it just a team getting production from everywhere. And, you know, these teams are fun to watch. This is kind of similar to what Arizona does, similar to what Cleveland did last year. And they have an above average offense, 105 OPS plus, above average pitching staff, 109 OPS or 109 ERA plus. And, you know, I think it's sort of that 2021 disease all over again that uh, they get production from everywhere. And Gabe Kapler and the the staff in San Francisco do a great job of squeezing out the production because – you know, if we went through the Giants heading into the season, are there any guys at their position that are top 10? Like heading into the season, was Lamont Wade a top 10 first baseman? No. Was Estrada a top 10 second baseman? No. Crawford, short? No. Davis at third? No. Hanniger, Yaz, Conforto in the outfield? No. Peterson, DH? Maybe you can make that an argument. I don't think you would. He was an all-star last year, but... They're just getting production from guys that we you don't expect. You know, Lamont Wade has a 416 on base percentage. Like, what is going on? What, what is going on here? All right, here we go. So for my three words here, you brought up a name a moment ago, and I'm a Mariner, so I have to do it. My three words are Spirit of Meech. Me uh, Mitch Hanniger went down a little bit ago with a arm injury, and I got to tell you, that one – they hurt my soul because God, that man just needs to have some good luck go his way with how, how, with how bad he's had gotten the injury bug. But the team has been playing extremely well with him, and he's a locker room leader. He's a guy that can get an entire franchise going, and guess what they're doing? They're going. They have won 12 of their last 14 games. And on top of it, I just want to bring this up here too. These have not been cheap teams that they've been winning against. They took two out of three from Arizona, who have been one of the other hotter teams in all of baseball. They, excuse me, took three out of four from San Diego, who is still a solid team, swept the Los Angeles Dodgers, who are still a good team, and also swept St. Louis, as well as then took a game from Chicago, from the Cubs. Like, this team is playing exceptionally good baseball, and like you said, Splash, it's all new people doing it every single time. When you take a look up and down their starting lineup, there's not a lot of amazing star power on it. You have guys like Lamont Wade Jr., Theodore Estrada, Brandon Crawford, J.D. Davis, Michael Conforto, Jock Peterson. Like, there's not a lot of star power right there. Like, there's a, there's some names. Don't get me wrong. I'm not disrespecting the name of Jock Peterson or Brandon Crawford spe spe specifically. Thank you. I can talk. But 
no, like I really like what I'm seeing from this team. I'm really excited. I get to go watch them uh in just a little bit take on my Seattle Mariners, even though sadly there will be no Mitch Hanniger there. But regardless, anyway, this team has been playing amazing ball and I think it's really good now because we've, we're also now seeing the NL West, which was a division that a lot of people had kind of written off at the beginning of this year as being, again, another two-horse, maybe three-horse race. Now it's starting to look like a four-horse race. Sorry, Colorado. But four teams now are all solid competitors. So what does that say for the rest of baseball? We're now seeing a lot of really good teams play exceptionally well, and it seems that the only time you're going to see a bad division is if you're in the Central. So my three words are change of guard. And I say that because I think this might we might finally be seeing the end of the Dodgers just running away with the NL West every single year. I mean, the Dodgers, the one year they didn't win the NL West was the year the Giants happen to win 107 games. Now we see the D-backs and the Giants are one and two in the division, and the Giants are only two and a half games back. And you mentioned that sweep of the Dodgers. That was in Dodger Stadium, which is never an easy place to go in and win games. And really, you look at their roster, and I feel like unlike the 2021 team, this is a younger group, and there's some, you know, they're in some ways it's similar. Like, you know, there are players that you don't expect to be producing that are producing, but you know, then you have guys, you know, the 2021 team had Buster Posey behind the plate. And then his successor was supposed to be Joey Bart. Well, Joey Bart has really, really underperformed. Well, they have a rule five pick in Blake Sable. That's been doing a good job. 740 OPS, 103 OPS plus. And then they called up Patrick Bailey, who has been fantastic ever since coming up. He's got an 888 OPS with four homers and 22 RBIs in just 29 games, by the way. So he's been an extra base hit machine, seven doubles too. Lamont Wade Jr. has been fantastic, drawing a lot of walks, 880 OPS. Uh, Jack Peterson has been great when he's healthy, 876 OPS. And then that pitching staff, Logan Webb has been great lately. Uh, Alex Cobb, when he's healthy, has been really good. Uh, you know, the rest of their pitching staff, their, their starting rotation – could probably use some work with Anthony DiScofani. He's been up and down. Uh, Alex Wood has been up and down, and Ross Stripling has struggled. But then you get to that bullpen, and boy, that back end with Taylor Rogers, Tyler Rogers, and Camilo Doval is one of the best trios in baseball. Uh, the Rogers twins, Taylor Rogers at one point threw his glove in the trash can because of how poorly he was doing. Well, he's allowed like one earned run since. <laughs> Tyler Rogers, you know, I'm a big fan of the Submariners. He's been great. 34 games, 1.86 ERA. And then, like Splash mentioned, Camilo Doval, that 103 mile per hour cutter, is darn near unhittable. So, the Giants, I think, are an underrated team. I think they're not getting enough attention from the national media. Uh, so, if you're watching the NLS, circle the Giants. Don't count them out from the playoffs this year or count them out from the division. So, anyways, we're going to move along to our second topic. We touched on him briefly last week. Ellie De La Cruz hit for the cycle on Friday night against Atlanta. And, man, he's just been amazing ever since coming up, along with the rest of those young guys the Reds have called up. So, guys, give me your three-word reaction to Ellie De La Cruz's cycle on Friday. I'm going to go here. I watched that game as a Braves fan, um, but here we go. 
Uh, my three words are game of season. Just if you wanted to give someone a baseball game to watch, teaching them about baseball, getting them in, interested in baseball, that was the game to watch. Both teams were great, but De La Cruz stole the show, hit for the cycle in just six innings. Um, by tenure, he's the third youngest player in the history of Major League Baseball to hit for the cycle. Um, 15 games in, and it's just all the tools on display all the time. He hits the ball hard, and we've talked about he has issues elevating the ball, but when the ball is not on the ground, he is unbelievable. He has crazy wheels. He's faster than Corbin Carroll, for crying out loud. Faster than Trey Turner, faster than Bobby Witt, all those guys, right? 31 feet per second. That is preposterous. He has a rocket launcher of an arm. He plays a solid short or a third, wherever you want to play him, because you have 17 million middle infielders, Jonathan India, Matt McClain, uh, the CES, uh, Encarnacion Stroud? Strand. Strand. Encarnacion Strand. There we go. So where are you going to play him? I don't know, but he can play both third and short. Um, And just he's fun to watch. And there's a lot of players that are fun to watch in Major League Baseball. Every team feels like they have a couple guys that are fun to watch besides the Mets, I guess. Sorry, Mac. Uh, But Uh, I I don't know about that one. All right. (laughs) Sorry. Alvarez is cool. Uh, But. In a world where everything is exciting, Ellie De La Cruz is the excitement. He is the one who knocks. He is the one who is the excitement. All right, so I'll go with my three. And my three words are, please not Frenchy. Here's the thing right now is that I am not fully sold on Ellie. I want to be. I want to be sold in Ellie De La Cruz, but he is less than 20 games into his MLB season. Yes, the stats look good. Yes, the metrics are all there, but we've also seen a few other things happen. And what, the reason why I say Frenchie is I think all of us right now are fully aware of Jeff Francoeur in his first month, very first month of, the, of his MLB career, had one of the greatest, in fact, I think it was actually the greatest slugging percentage of one month for a rookie that's ever been seen in, in baseball. And it was a precursor that people were going to say, oh, this guy is the next, the next incredible ball player. He is the natural. He is all of this. Remember the Sports Center cover. By the way, if you want a full summation on all of this, go watch John Boyd's video. It is absolutely perfect called my favorite worst baseball player but i want to believe in ellie right now it's too soon it is way too soon to be fully believing in this hype we've seen players that have come up and done amazing things in their first month two months but then the scouting report gets out and they start to fall off just a little bit I don't want to see that with him. I would love to see a player come up and just absolutely tear up shop from the word go. I'm not fully sold just yet. Give me more time. I want to be sold. And uh, you know, I, I'm that's the thing. I, I heard you say Frenchie, and I, I immediately knew you were talking about you know Jeff Francoeur on Sports Illustrated after. <laughs> After his hot start, uh, so um, anyway, uh, my my three words are simple. It's 
this kid rakes. What can, what can I say, really? He's just, you know, hits the ball 170 miles per hour. And then he runs the ba- he runs first to third in under 11 seconds, you know, thir- th- about 31 feet per second. And he hits, he can hit the ball basically into the Ohio River. Um, what, what can't he do, really? Because every time I open Twitter, I swear, it's another highlight of Ellie De La Cruz. And it's pretty amazing, really. I He's basically a human highlight reel. Uh, I actually haven't seen a ton of defensive highlights from him. But I understand, yes, he hits the ball on the ground a lot. But I mean, he, he's fast enough where he can get away with hitting the ball on the ground, I think. I prefer him to hit the ball in the air. But, I mean, he, he does it so well that, you know, he, he runs so fast that he can beat out an infield chopper. Uh, by the way, he already has eight stolen bases. Uh, so... Add that to your impressive uh, notes compilation because he can steal, he can field, he can he can hit. He just does everything right. Uh, he's basically a five-tool player. Uh, I'm just curious to see what position he actually plays going forward because he's supposed to be a shortstop, but they also have Matt McClain. And at second, they have Jonathan India. And then they have Spencer Steer at first. And then they're going to supposedly call him Chris, Christian Encarnacion and Strand soon. So... Boy, the the Reds are going to have an exciting, exciting offense. So I'm I'm excited to see them going forward. And really, really, it's what I also love to see is that Cincinnati is a baseball town again. I think you know I I personally have not been to a game at Great American Ballpark. I've actually never been to Cincinnati, but you know, in recent years, it's been a football town between the Bengals and the Cincinnati Bearcats, it's firmly been a football town. But I think people forget that Cincinnati is the original baseball city. And now they, they've been selling out games at Great American Ballpark. This is a team that had their smallest regular season crowd ever at Great American Ballpark just this season against the Rays. And now they're drawing 44,000 fans. You know, it seeing that Cincinnati is loving baseball again, it's it's just like it's meant to be. You know, Cincinnati is a baseball town. It should be a baseball town. And Ellie De La Cruz and these Reds are ensuring that it is a baseball town. So th- those are my two cents on Ellie De La Cruz and the Reds. Uh, so anyways, that does it for our three-word segment. Now we're going to move on to everyone's favorite segment hosted by Mr. Ryan Splash Potts. It's time for trivia, so take it away, Splash. Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have, it has come time. It is time. We are doing the Monday MLB Mentions Trivia. This has been my rendition of weekly kind of power rankings of players, MVPs, Cy Youngs, Rookie of the Years, Most Improved Players, Gold Gloves, the Slow Awards for Best Base Runners, Silver Sluggers, the whole nine yards. I do it every Monday. And I send it to Mac and Alex and they look over and like, yeah, that's cool. Or they they give me some, oh, Alvarez should be higher. Oh, this guy should be higher. Oh, this random Mariner should be higher. I get it. But today we are testing how well you pay attention to my text messages. This is either going to go really well for some of us or not well at all. But um, boys and girls, uh, Alex, once again, with the Zoom gods, you are on top. Mac, you are on bottom. So let's see if I can get uh, flip a coin to work properly. Oh my goodness. I'm not sure I understand. 
flip a coin. It's tails this time. All right, Mac, you will be first. You can either go first or defer. Which would you like to do? I'll go first. All right. So we have some trivia. Okay. So far, we have given out 130 National League Gold Glove Awards. 130 of them. 13 or 10 a week for 13 weeks. Uh, okay. Name the only Cardinal to be included. The only Cardinal to be included. Yes. The only Cardinal. Okay. I the believe... one-time inclusion. Yeah, okay. I figured that much. I believe the answer here, if I'm not mistaken, is Nolan Arenado. I'm going to give you one second to reevaluate your entire life decision. I realized that right now, as soon as I said it. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, like, there's not a chance, Nolan, just because I know you're better yeah. against him. <laughs> okay, Mac, uh, that is incorrect. The correct answer is Jack Flaherty. That, I, you oh. know, I was going to, I was between guessing Arenado <laughs> and a pitcher, and of course, all right, never mind. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I to be fair, that was nowhere near where I was thinking. So, uh, spoiler um, alert for all of you guys: I'm probably not going to do well on this trivia either, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, it could be worse. True. All right, let's it, see. It could let's be worse. With a splash. All right, let's Alex. See. National League Cy Young. We have awarded 195 total points. Uh, the point scale here: if you're first place, you get five points. If you're second place, you get four points. So on and so forth. Which team has almost lapped the competition, leading the way with 74 total points? National League Cy Young, who has oh. the most accumulated points. Hmm. <laughs> I just had like the most. I'm mad most... because I'm pretty sure I know the answer. Yeah, that makes one of us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see here. Okay, so I have a couple ideas of where it could be. I'm just trying to. I will I will give you a hint. It is a yeah. National League team because only National League teams are eligible. There that, you go. Uh, Splash, I want you to know that you just uh, lost another few more points on the scale here for uh, your, your, you, you basically, you just went uh, King's Court to King's Court. Uh, ah, so beautiful. You've done get, nothing. We love the Dominion so, references. Uh, we've been playing a lot of Dominion after, after shows and all that. Reason. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, if you guys viewers if you haven't played dominion dominion dot games fun time but um i don't know i think i'm going to say that because this is all pitchers or just starting pitchers uh i don't think i've had a reliever in the cy young voting this year okay um i'm going to say and i'll say it's the braves the braves are second 38 okay, so total close. points, but the leaders, okay, the Chicago one Cubs. Guess. Okay, so all right, I was gonna make one more guess that it, it wouldn't be for the points, but I had another guess. I it, see, it was, oh my god, I as soon as did I you heard say it was the Cubs, that, yes, yeah, it's the Cubs. Dang. I knew, I knew that. To be fair, I actually thought it have been cooking. I honestly yeah. thought you were gonna say it was gonna be the Reds. <laughs> well, nope. <laughs> not, that's not actually the helped. one aspect in which they've been lacking. I know it is, but I'm like, you know what, maybe who knows. <laughs> All right, Mac, your question is about the American League most valuable player. 
As you can imagine, the Tampa Bay Rays lead the way with 64 accumulated points, and the Shohei Otani show has put the Angels in second place. They are way out ahead of the third place team. Can you name the third place team who has accumulated the third oh, most man. AL MVP points? I think I know the answer here because they've been led by one singular player, if I'm not mistaken. It is the New York Yankees. Uh, well, uh, the Yankees are led by one singular player. That would be Aaron Judge. But Judge has this issue of not qualifying several times. Ah! So uh, the correct answer is the Toronto Blue Jays, led for a long time by Matt Chapman. Also, the ship has been held by Bo Bichette, among others. So you're 0 for 3. But Alex, I believe in you right here, right now, buddy. All right. Let's hear it, mate. All right. In the National League. Oh, we're already in trouble. (laughs) uh, The National League Rookie of the Year race has been a fun one with three teams, you know, holding most of the votes throughout the season. However, this week we finally had a changing of the guard as the number two team moved into the number one spot. Alex, tell me which team has accumulated one third of National League Rookie of the Year points and leads the way by two points over the second place team. Uh, that would be the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals are have two points. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know the about Diamondbacks that one. lead the way with 26 <laughs> points. Thanks oh, to yeah, well, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Cardinals. You know, I, I love know, how I each, really each time I get a question and then I know the next, the answer to the next question, but I'm not answering it. Yeah. Here's uh, my thing happens. is that, like, I am really bad when it comes to National League. American League is where, like, my, like, hot spot is. National League, I'm like, oh. <laughs> okay. I mean, we can do it AL and no, I'll split if no, you guys no, are interested. No, I, it's. Nah, yeah, no pain, no gain. All right, yeah. Mac. Well, we will go to the National League for this one. All right. 14 of 15 teams have been represented in our Silver Slugger rankings, ranging mm. from one team having 23 to one team having one of them. And I believe that coming in the first week, second week, sorry. Which team has not been represented in our Silver Slugger rankings at all? National League. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, I I think the answer here, and oh man, I right, we'll we'll play to three, depending on if you guys start answering them correctly. I I you know I have a gut feeling here because they haven't. Oh wait, no, that's impossible. Uh, I I I, I retract my statement there. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe the answer here is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Well, Mac, um, the second week of the season, the Pirates had two representatives. Oh, uh, my one God. Of them, uh, Jack Swinsky. Uh, the other, uh, I'm totally blanking on, maybe Carlos Santana. It doesn't matter. Slam so, Alex, Santa, boy. <laughs> we are back to you, buddy. All right. Your, Wait, what was um, the answer? Oh, the answer is the Washington Nationals. Oh, yeah. Ah. That's fair. It'd be like that. So... Ouch, that that hurt. You okay? All right. (laughs) Okay. Alex. Splash. We had a run four weeks in a row in the American League slow race, uh, the base runners race, Mm -hmm. that we had the same three players in the same order, one, two, three. I'm going to ask you to name two of the three players 
that were in all four with a month of the same dudes being one, two, three. Name um, two of the three players. And is this like all baseball or American League National American League? American League, slow rankings. It was the American same one, League. two, three. Okay. Um, one of them I want to say is Esther Ruiz. That is correct. Um, Who's the second one? Um, This is where... I, oh, I... Okay. So... I feel like I'm wrong on this, but I feel like it's someone from Tampa Bay. Uh, just because Tampa Bay has played really, really well. Uh, if on the word go, they were playing stupidly hot. The problem is I'm trying to remember if this player is even on the race anymore. Because <laughs> the, there's a name that came out, but I'm not sure if it's right is the thing. Um... All right, I'm just going to say Kevin Kiermeyer. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer is not correct. He's on the Blue Jays. Dang it! Uh, <laughs> the available answers were Anthony Volpe and Miles Straw. The streak oh, was broken by yeah. Julio Rodriguez, and the streak continued this week. Gotcha. Mac, the quest okay. for the first point. Oh, Nathaniel man. Lowe has been the American League Gold Glover at first base every week besides one since April 10th. That's week two. Name the only American League first baseman to dethrone Mr. Nathaniel Lowe. I, Gold Glove? Yes. Oh, my God. I I should know this because I I remember seeing it. Uh, I think American League first baseman, though. I, I'm, I'm, like, trying to go through every team. Uh, is it? Oh, man. I think. I think the answer here is Ty France. Well, I regret to inform you that that is the incorrect answer. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> that would have been my guess. I'm it is that. one Anthony Rizzo. That was... I'm, I'm mad at myself because I was about to say Rizzo, and then I, I took a, a hard right, and I went with Ty France. I mean, you were right to do so. Ty France is the correct answer. Oh, um, Ty France has been very good. I'll give you that one. All right, Alex, we're going to go to the National League for this one. Uh, okay, let's we'll just take the zero point move on. Okay. Uh, same idea. No. Christian no, I... Walker has been the National yeah. League Gold Glover at first base every week since April 17th. Besides one week, who dethroned him as the Gold Glover among first basemen? I'm just going to... I'm just going to say Goldschmidt... <laughs> It's the wrong bopper. It is Pete Alonzo. Uh, that was in. not going to be my answer, but <laughs> he was he was like hurt a week, and Walker's yeah. all of his defensive metrics tanked for some reason, and Alonzo was like the best dude left. Okay, uh, this is not going well. <laughs> it, it's it's tough because like I know all all like the names that have been there, and I'm trying to remember mm-hmm. which order they appeared in. Right. You know. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it, this is definitely one of the harder ones. Okay, at this point right now, with how close we are to the end of the show, let's just see who can get one point first. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> All right, Mac, your question. 14 out of 15 American League teams have been represented in our Gold Glove rankings. Name the team who has not. I feel like this should be a layup, but something tells me if this is a trick question... I'm going to guess the Oakland Athletics. Um, well, 
was about he, to say, is it, it wasn't Brett Rooker in there at some point? Uh, gold glove, gold though. No, uh, I know. I regret, I regret to inform you that Estuary Ruiz uh, made it the first oh, week, and yeah. Ramon Laureano has made it three times. Yeah. So what's the correct answer? Uh, the Baltimore Orioles. Wow. What? Yeah, I know, right? Tell so me nobody... like a catcher? Wow, okay. All right, Alex, we're going right. to you. The man, the myth, the dub. legend. Let's see American if I can get my first League... dub. <laughs> yes, American League Silver Slugger for the win. The New York Yankees have had a tumultuous season, but one man has stood above the rest, Aaron Judge. But who has been second best to Aaron Judge? Who is the only other Yankee to be in our Silver Slugger ranking? So Judge okay. has made it once, twice, six times. And okay. he would make it other weeks, but he hasn't been qualified. Okay. There are two names that are coming to my mind. And I'm not sure, but I think I'm just going to take a throw at this one. I'm not 100% here. But I'm going to go with Anthony Rizzo. It is not Anthony Rizzo. I wouldn't give I, you the I, same answer twice. That's fair. Okay. Is it Anthony Volpe? No, it is Gleyber Torres. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. The deadlock continues. Okay, Mac. <laughs> so far in our rankings, there have been two outfielders in the National League who have won the gold glove in two out of three outfield spots. Name either. Two. So they've been the gold glover in one spot. Then a couple weeks later, they were the gold glover in the other spot. Oh or my one God. of the other spots. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think the answer here is Ronald Acuna. One of them. Uh, Ronald Acuna has been a horrible defender, according to StatCast, the entire season. He has not made the list at all. Uh, Alex, I'm going to give you the chance to steal here. Do you know? No. No. Give no? Me question. All right. Okay. Uh, Alex Call <laughs> made it as a left fielder back in April, and he's been the center fielder the last two weeks. Joey Weimer was the right fielder for four weeks in a row while Garrett Mitchell Joey, was a yeah. thing. And then he flipped over to center field, won it a couple times before Harris won it a couple times. All right. Alex. All right. Back to you. Okay. Uh, we're actually going to go with a similar question nationally, gold gloves. Hai Sung Kim and Taro Estrada have been the second base representative every single week besides the first week. Name the other player who has received gold glove or glo gold glove consideration at second base with the note of he does not play second base for this team anymore. Okay, so can I ask a clarifying question? Yes. Is he still on that team? Yes, he is still on the team. He's okay. a gold glove candidate at a different position now. Okay. I'm going to... Oh, this is actually tough. Okay. <clears throat> no, that doesn't make work either. I had another guess I was going to go with, but no, that's not right. Okay. I'm just going to say a shot in the dark here. And... No, it doesn't make any sense, though. Okay. Uh, Max Muncy. Right position, wrong team. It's Ryan McMahon. That was honestly the other guy that was uh, in my head. It was no, okay. Mac, which uh, National League player has the longest active streak of being in our Silver Slugger rankings? 
I should know the answer to this. Um, I believe this one, the answer is Ronald Acuna Jr. <laughs> no! What? How is it not? Acuna has made it 11 straight times. Mr. 400 has made it 12 straight times. Luis oh, Arias. I was going to say Luis Arias. I actually think uh, I knew that I figured one. a brave would be an answer here. I think he's uh, trying to avoid all of our actual name teams, except for the one time where it was Alonzo. Uh, I'm kidding. Right, I'm Alex, really kicking myself for this. American League, Silver oh. Slugger, which player has the longest active streak of being included in our in our list? In our list. Okay, the longest active streak, though. Yes, so that longest means active that, streak. Which means that it can't be one judge because he no longer does. Correct. Um okay, I'm I'm trying to think through this like very carefully. <laughs> Um, just so because so, it may look like I'm cheating right now. I just have the teams list on my phone right now. This list of the major league teams. I, I, it's a good way to like look. No, oh it's a good way. I like. I look at the team. And I think who are the first people I think of when I look at that team. That's what I'm doing mostly right Fair now. Fair enough. So okay. Um. So can you please say the question one more time? Yes. Which American League player has our the longest active streak of being included in our Silver Slugger list? Okay. Um, I feel like this isn't a good answer, but it might be. Um, man, I have like four different names swirling right now. I'm going to say this is okay. No, that's a horrible answer, though. I'm going to tell you right now. The first thing that came to my mind was Masataka Yoshida because he has been absolutely balling as of late. But that's not the answer here. The answer I think I'm going to go with here is um, Adelis Garcia. I actually don't think Garcia's made it once. Has he not? He's been on. No. He's been on. I, yeah, I, I, he, he is the I, big RBI wow. total, but yeah. yeah, he hasn't made it once. Uh, okay. Uh, Mac, Ronald Acuna has been the MVP. What was the answer? What, what was the answer? Oh, the correct answer is Yandy Diaz. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, Mac, National League Most Valuable Player, Ronald Acuna has been the leader for 11 consecutive weeks. Name either player who was first other than Acuna. So he's okay. had it for 11, 11 consecutive yes. weeks. Yes, had it the last 11 weeks. Name the player, oh, either player at the first week or the second week. Oh, my God. I should know this. I uh, Oh, my. G- give me a moment while I try to uh, <laughs> yeah, g- gather gonna myself. I'm going to get a question for Alex prepared. Oh, I think I know an answer. Is okay. it Xander Bogarts? Xander Bogarts is correct. Let's we go. have a point, boys. We've we got have one. A point. Okay, we have a point. Alex, I'll give you a chance to tie. This the is Ameri- fine. The American League Silver Slugger. One team, that's the Minnesota Twins, has exactly one point. So out of the 130 players who have been recognized, there have been one Minnesota Twin. Can you name the Minnesota Twin? Um, the record for a silver slugger. Yes, for silver slugger. Oh no. Um, because I don't. Okay, is this for like any one week at a time? Yeah, like any that? one okay. week. Uh, it was very early in the season. 
Oh wait, so definitely so not it, it's not any. Yeah, it is very. To be fair, the first thing name I thought was Buxton. But I know it's not Buxton. Yeah, he. I don't think he qualifies. Yeah, he didn't qualify it uh, at all. Okay, I'm trying to remember any players that play for the Twins. Um, let's see here. I'm. Okay. I was like, honestly at this point right now, I'm just trying to remember who played on the twins. Who plays on the twins at this point? <laughs> like, uh, I, I I wish I was kidding at that point right no, now. It, no, it, it it do be like that. I I forgot this guy was included. That's why I asked it. Got it. Okay. So, the one twin who has done anything this year. Yes. Um. And he was there for one week. Yep, for one week. Carlos Correa. It is not Carlos Correa. It is, is Joey it Don- Gallo. It's Gallo. Oh, right. Gallo had that one thing where people kept making the jokes about whether or not he could play. He can't play in New York, but he can play in Minnesota. Yeah. Dang one it. week, All right. then it was Guerrero twice, and it's been Yandi the last 10 weeks. So, All right, Mac, congratulations, uh, Mac. Mercifully the wins the worst trivia segment ever. <laughs> No, that was tough. To be fair, this felt like it was sudden death the entire way throughout. Yeah, that that we, was yeah. entertaining about it, but it was kind of like the same entertaining of watching like two drunk guys fight. <laughs> it's kind of it's a little sad in the very end, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's like I, I, it's like Mac knocked you out, but it's like uh, neither of these we, guys are. Gonna I feel like we this. all knocked ourselves out on this one. It do be know, like here, that. Here's, here's the thing: is the it, it's it, it. I I actually I like the idea a lot, but it really tests yeah. you. Can you remember the like sequencing and stuff like that? Because there's yeah. a lot of changes throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's what made it challenging for me. I knew there were like different names in my head who I knew like they were definitely there at one point, but when mm-hmm. were they there? You know what I mean? De- definitely. Uh, All right, let's so, end this off with a really easy trivia question, Mac. Who's a really cool baseball player? <laughs> There's a lot of them. Name um, one. <laughs> name one. Pablo name Sanchez. One. You're right. Splash. Name one really cool baseball player. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Mr. Hit by Pitch himself, um, Ty France. Cool. Thank you. I'm gonna go with uh, your boy. They said you win with a merit. I'll go with the Braille. I'll go Michael Harris. Yeah, money, Mike boys. <laughs> there there right. we go. The go. Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, no, th- th- thank you for that splash. And uh, guys, if you uh, want more Monday MLB mentions, make sure, like I said, follow us at LAR underscore baseball splash. Post those every Monday if, in case you couldn't tell by the name. Uh, so you'll see more of that. And maybe maybe we'll try this segment again and see if we can do better than that. Uh, I will say it's it's like I said, it's not that we don't pay attention to what our wonderful co-host puts together. It's that it is. It, it's there. We do it every week, which means there's a lot of a lot of names as well. a lot of baseball together. players have done well. Bro, yeah, I, I make it week to week. Like I have a list of I, yeah. them, and sometimes I'll forget. Huh? That guy really made it, or Alonzo really dethroned Walker, and I'll I'll be yeah, exactly. writing out. It's like Walker, Christian Walker, open parentheses. Oh wait, Alonzo won it last week. What? Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say I'm a little. I will say I'm a little sad that he didn't put any of the Doctor Good job. 
awards there because I know Kellick's been like leading it for like the longest time in the American League. Yeah, that was uh, it was that was tough. too easy of a question. It was too yeah, easy. I, I, I know. think you had to. Yeah. I had to get like a a good balance. And even in the National League, it's been a lot of yeah, Phillies early on. Uh, it's been Justin Steele of late. Elias Diaz is in there now. Jamer Candelario is in there now. Yeah, I thought, so, I thought that was fun. I thought you know it, yeah, it's I, I, relevant. Yeah, twenty twenty three. I agree. Stuff. Yeah, no, I I agree. And like I said, I think if we try that, we we could probably run that segment back at some point. Uh, and you know, it might be more difficult, but maybe we'll be better prepared for it. You know. Yeah, it was actually uh, supposed to be the the final trivia of the season, but I was making it now so i didn't have to spend 10 years on a spreadsheet yeah no i mean if you do that i mean there's how many weeks in the season like you know about i think it's like I'm, I'm i'm no math expert but about 30 uh that's mm-hmm. just in the regular season alone probably so anyways we we're gonna move on to our final segment tonight as we end every episode with the moment to ourselves 60 seconds give or take or a few to Talk about whatever is on our mind, sports, not sports, baseball, not baseball. So who here wants to go first? Splash, go right ahead. Your time starts in three, two, one. All right. So I've been talking to my parents about when I can go visit them, right? I've been in Virginia for the entire year now. Um, but when I go home, there's going to be one one thing missing, one object, one feeling missing and that's gonna be one of our beloved cats miss kitty was put down yesterday morning and um it's been really hard and it's tough losing a pet and it's it's tough losing your childhood pet right and my parents had cats before their current cat but those cats were their cats right and the cats they have now were my cats i was there in flint when we picked them out 2009 or so 2008 2009 and they had just been born days earlier i was there i gave miss kitty the name miss kitty and it's gonna suck going through the door when i get home and not gonna see this gray fluff ball on my bed it's gonna be sad not hearing my meowing machine my uh, bringer of communism as i would call her um, my playoff predicting cat, one of the two playoff predicting cats. And it's been a real, real hard um, 48 hours in the family. So uh, tell your loved ones you love them. Um, pet your cat or your dog or your parrot or your bird or whatever the heck you have. Um, if it's a snake, maybe don't pet it. Maybe do something other, not some other form of affection. My grandmother has fish. She can't really hug the fish, but uh, she can feed the fish and watch it swim around the tank. But um, I'm not going to be looking forward to my first night sleeping at home and I'm not being harassed by meowing. So rest in peace. Yeah, sorry to hear that splash. I mean, as a pet owner myself, I have lost many cats over the years. So I definitely understand what you're going through. Yeah, and I lost... Um, both of my cats during COVID within months of each other. So I 100% understand. And honestly, like I said, my heart really does go out to you and your family. All right. Uh, so Alex, do you want to go next? Or yeah, sure. Or I'll go next. I'll go all right, next. Yeah. Ready? I'll, I'll give you the, all right. Your time starts in three, two, one. 
All right. So I think that it is time that we have a new uh, nickname in baseball. Another anagram that we use in baseball to describe a certain type of player. And that would be the Daniel Vogelbox of the world, the Mike Fords of the world, the large men that lefty men that just destroy baseballs and make it look effortlessly. And I have the name. I have it right here. I was inspired by Sophie Ballgame on Twitter from it. And it is the we are going to call them Labs, L-A-B-S, which stands for Lefty Athletic Bulky Studs. And that is what we should call that is the now the full on category for players like Daniel Vogelbach, for players like Mike Ford, where they come in standing in the left handed hitters batter, left handed hitters batters box. And they stand there menacingly ready to go. And when that bat leaves their shoulders and you just watch a ball explode off of the bat is that you see a 550 foot home run get absolutely launched. I love that actually. Uh, and fun fact, Mike Ford and my brother were at Princeton at the same time. So yeah (laughs) also fun fact mike ford has hit a home run while we were recording this yep well mike ford he he definitely hits dingers i'll tell you that much that's basically every hit he gets uh so i saw one that was amazing he had a a, his spray chart came out and uh all of his hits were either a home run or he had two singles to the uh to I one to right center one to left center. Other than that, he's had no other hits. It's just been bombs to right to the right field stands, and I absolutely am in love with him. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, he's. I'm, I'm glad to see him uh, getting another opportunity in the majors. Remember, this is a guy who was undrafted, uh, and he's kind of been bouncing around ever since the Yankees cut him. So good to see that he's finding some success with the Mariners. So, anyways. I'll begin my time in three, two, one. So I want to say a couple things. First of all, congratulations to the LSU Tigers on winning the Men's College World Series, a dominating 18-4 victory over Florida today to secure after a 24-4 loss yesterday. But everyone, I think, wants to hear me talk about what is happening in Flushing, Queens right now. And I don't have words to describe the just pure misery going on. Uh, the Mets are six and sixteen in June after tonight's two to one loss. It seems like almost every single loss they have, they lose by about two or fewer runs. It's something on the margins that cost them the game, and it really came to a head Sunday afternoon in Philadelphia when they had a six to three lead going into the bottom of the eighth inning. The Phillies scored four runs in the bottom of the eighth. And they had one total hit. Let's put it this way. There was, yes, like I said, there was a single in there. There were, you know, there were multiple walks. There was a throwing error on a double play ball by Britt Beatty. There was a, a bases loaded walk. Two consecutive bases loaded hit batsmen on two strike pitches. And really, I am at a loss for words as to what can fix this team. They traded Eduardo Escobar this week. And I think this is a sign that they are going to sell off some veterans. David Robertson, Adam Adovino, Tommy Pham, Mark Hanna. I do not expect any of them to be Mets come August 2nd. You know, it's just frustrating. This team has the highest payroll in baseball history, and they are eight games under 500. You know, I, at this point, 
I don't I know Steve Cohen said he will not fire people midseason, but I think he might have, you know, his hand might be forced at this point. You know, is it Billy Epler? Is it is it Buck Showalter? Is it someone else on the coaching staff? Something has to change because they are eight games under five hundred and it's going to get late very, very early. And it's it's already getting late, actually. You know, they're they're about eight eight and a half, nine games out of the wild card spot. This is absolutely unacceptable. And, you know, I could probably talk about this for an hour, so I'll cut myself short here, but it's been impossible to watch this team. There have actually been games, days like tonight, actually. I watched the College World Series. I did not watch a second of the Mets game tonight because of how poorly they played. So if you're losing fans like me a little bit, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not completely checked out of the season, but my dad and I have actually been watching less baseball lately because of less Mets baseball because of how they're playing. Anyways, I realized I took way longer than 60 seconds there. Uh, well, uh, you know, it's funny because I was in an Uber the other day on my way to uh, on my way to morning practice, and uh, my Uber driver had uh, WFAN on. And it was similar stuff, except I think the guy was uh, the host was yelling at a much louder level than I was and more incoherent. <laughs> it was pretty funny, honestly, though. Uh, New York, New York sports radio. If you ever get a chance to listen to it, you'll get uh, you'll get a kick out of it. Uh, the Mike Francesa of the world. <laughs> yeah, you know Mike Francesa. I feel like sort of pioneered that, uh, and then you know you have other guys who are coming up now, uh, baseball or not baseball. Uh, so, anyways, uh, thank you all for bearing with me during that. Um, anyways, that is going to do it for our show today. So, thank you all for listening. Make sure to follow all of us on Twitter. Follow Splash at Mr. Splashman19. Follow Alex at the Sports Guy242. And of course, follow myself at Matthias underscore A underscore K. Like I said, follow the Losses Above Replacement Twitter account at LAR underscore baseball. You'll get your Monday MLB mentions. You'll get your, your MLB Power Pros content. You'll get your Immaculate Grids, by the way. Make sure you're filling that out every day. And one just no dropped. No matter what, you're doing out. better than I am. <laughs> Well, it also, it did just drop again. It is slightly after midnight on the East Coast. So anyways, thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to keep on tuning in, listen every week. And I hope to see you all real soon.